This is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. like a Monday though I'm not gonna lie to you um, I got in late last night actually kind of interesting I was flying when the mask mandate thing all of a sudden went away <clears throat> so I was reading about it I was online flying from Washington DC back here to Southern California and I was wondering if people would start taking off their masks right so I fell asleep. Yeah, I did. And then I woke up. And I woke up, went to go to the bathroom. Because I was sitting by the window, right? And you know, when you're sitting by the window, it's like, I don't want to bother everybody. And truth be told, the woman sitting on the aisle was a double amputee. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't want to, I didn't want to make her move. So I was. I was debating whether I should pee in a bottle, but I thought, yeah, somebody's going to notice that. So I decided not to do that. And then, as as luck would have it, both of them got up to go to the bathroom when I woke up. And, you know, <clears throat> I went, oh man, here's my chance. So I ran back there. Waited for the other two people in my, in my row to finish going to the bathroom, and then I went. Came back. As I was walking back, probably two-thirds of the people in the plane don't have a mask on. There you have it. So, yeah, it was kind of, that was a little bit interesting. Um, but I'll tell you what, the last uh, 10 days of my life, um, again, as my life tends to be, I, I have the most incredible experiences. Um and some by, uh, because of the work I do, some by, I don't know, some by some other force. But uh, got a chance to go uh, do post-traumatic winning for the Marines and sailors and the civilians at Marine Barracks, Washington, D.C. So I got a chance to go up to Camp David. Yeah, Camp David. Otherwise known as Camp to anybody who's cool about it but don't worry about it that does not apply to most of you yep so so uh yeah you know the history of it you know fdr starts it because he can't go out on a shot anymore during world war ii and all the rest of it so um beautiful place wherever it is um and uh so got a chance to see that got a chance to be around the barracks at eight and i 
and see all the different things they do from security to uh, obviously uh, the ceremonial stuff they do. I got a chance to see what it's like to make sausage. So how does the evening parade come about? <laughs> they drill the shit out of those Marines, man. Oh, man, you see them <clears throat> when the weather's crappy over on their synthetic field down by the annex where I did post-traumatic winning uh, for the Marines at the barracks. Um, there's just a hall called Sousa Hall named after John Philip Sousa. And so, um, so yeah, so the, uh, when you, uh, so we go walking down there to do audio video checks and you can hear the metronome they use for cadence <laughs> over, over speakers. <laughs> and I said, what's that? They said, oh, that's the metronome. That's the tyranny of the metronome. Everything in this parade happens by the metronome. And then, um, so, yeah, I got to do post-traumatic winning in Sousa Hall, right? Very cool. And, uh, you know, you just, and as, you, as you're moving about, who's that? Oh, that's the silent drill team. They're under the freeway in a fenced-in area, Right? And they're doing their routine, right? In PT gear with their rifle stocks. And so, uh, so it's interesting to watch how they put that whole thing together and the precision they do it with. The other interesting thing, I got a chance to hear this yesterday was, uh, during those during those movements, right? Um, like fixed bayonets. You know, we hear the bugle call, duh, 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 whatever the hell it is, and then all of a sudden you'll hear, you know, <laughs> and then, right, all of a sudden they start moving. And they're talking while they're doing that. Now, because they're just, they haven't started the parade season yet, that'll happen in a few weeks, they say things, this, that, this, and all those moves happen on that. So I asked, I said, um, is that how you teach them or do they do it during the parade and they just, and they said, oh no, we that's how they do it in the parade. They'll recite those things. They just do it very softly. And so part of, as we get closer to, um, you know, the, the parade season, as we do our dress rehearsals, that's one of the things we listen for to make sure that that's inaudible. They're essentially whispering that, right? And so um, got a chance to hang out with the body bearers and talk to them, um, which was, I mean, again, all these Marines are chosen for physical characteristics and their ability to do this kind of work. And yet, you know, you can imagine, you know, as a young person, um, your job is funerals and all the stuff you would see at them. Now, again, um, it's one thing when somebody who's lived a long life goes away and those funerals are, are as they should be. It's quite another thing when you somebody very young goes away and you see something very different, and that's your life. And I remember having a conversation uh, during a post-traumatic winning seminar with civilians, and it was 
Essentially, two social workers were talking about my statement that says trauma is trauma is trauma is trauma. And one of them said, well, it's one of the things I don't like about Max's stuff, and that is um, I think there's a reason that we call it primary trauma and and then secondary trauma. And I was listening because I thought, well, I'm going to learn something right now. But, But again, this woman was wrong, by the way, just so you know. Um, I'm not saying that I was right, but I felt vindicated. Uh, I started reading about secondary trauma during this discussion. So I'm reading about it, cursory reading, right? Secondary trauma, the term, is coined to include people, not to, not to diminish or exclude or to draw a line, but to include people like first responders, right? To include people like social workers, who deal with these messes, EMTs, that that happen. Well, they're not the trauma victims, are they? No, they just get to participate in it. So um, I'll never forget the the night of this argument, and another woman, social worker, says, well, let me tell you why I think he's right. She said, how do I get the the visual image of a three-year-old girl out of my head. I bribed her with an ice cream cone so I could get a urine sample because she had been raped. We are testing for semen. How do I get the image of her holding that ice cream with her hands shaking as she ate it? How do I get that out of my head? But this is just my job, and I'm supposed to be able to do that and just go home and it not affect me. And then she said, he's right. And I was like, <laughs> and you all think going to war is hard. And that's your job. That's just what you do. So, you know, in in in, in thinking about, you know, the, the ceremonial things, what about when you see, you know, you have to see the family, you have to see the, a wife, and this thing wasn't supposed to happen. You have to see the children. You have to hear it. And you know that sound that comes out of people? When they grieve, uh, you would call it a wail, but it's worse than that. If you've ever heard it, you never forget it. It's not a human sound. How do you get that out of your head? And that's your job, and you see that maybe once or twice a week because you're doing somewhere between 15 and 25 events a week. So so anyway, I mean, it's just very, very interesting. And again, uh, between the history of, of Marine Barracks Washington uh, the mission and the nuanced stuff that they do. And then just, you know, post-traumatic winning is a really cool thing <laughs> um, because it opens the door to say you're normal, your struggle's normal, we can help each other, we can help you. And then you get all these, um, you know, great young people and older people that come out and, uh, you know, and want to talk. And, you know, they essentially say the same thing. I was so pissed. I had to go to that shit. And then I I sat through that and went, oh, my God, where did the last three-plus hours go? Who are you, dude? <laughs> and then that opens the door to a conversation that you have. That's, that's amazing. I will tell you, um, probably the two best events I've ever done with officers and staff and COs and then with, with staff and COs and NCOs. Those are two different classes that go on. And they were just uh, just fantastic. Um, just the discussions that want, went on about 
how do we get left to boom on be it suicide or whatever other destructive behavior and most of this comes from you know adverse childhood experiences and trauma in our lives that is not associated most of it not associated with uh, our work professionally it's, it's personal how do we get left to boom on that and uh some really interesting and cool things got said and i'll summarize it by saying this the secret to being a leader is you got to be a good person. And if you want to put on that phony as fuck leadership bullshit, you will reach absolutely fucking nobody. But if you're willing to stand up and be a real leader and talk about your shit and be honest, that opens doors to them and they're dying to talk to you. And that was really a very cool message that came out of it. And then the second part of it, it is, so those kind of leaders, when they, re, when they reach out and they make, they make somebody a better human being, after they make somebody a better human being, they become a better Marine. They'll be a more proficient warfighter and the organization gets better. But it starts with, as a leader, you've got to be a good human being. And you, the boilerplate bullshit drill instructor, all that crazy shit needs to go the fuck away. I, I think the Marine Corps does itself incredible damage by retaining the campaign cover beyond the second week or at the end of first phase. And I don't give a fuck what anybody says. You know, I think there's a much better way to do it. And I think, uh, I, I do think that campaign cover and that shtick, if you will, serves a purpose. And I'm and I'm all good with that, but I think that that purpose is relatively limited in scope, and I think that our recruit training ought to evolve, right, so that they understand what it is to be a Marine and they participate in this team event, right? That they get coached, they they get taught. So anyway, and, and it was and so those discussions were, it was awesome. I was thinking as the staff and CEOs were up front with me and we we're talking about these things and staff and the NCOs are asking questions. So think about this, getting left of boom on this stuff. Okay. So, okay. So if you look at a calendar, right, when you go left, you get before an event, when you go right, right, you get after an event. Okay. So being left of boom means something bad happens in the boom, boom, right? So if the mother's of the Marine Corps are our staff NCOs, right? And that was told to me by Sergeant Majors. Um, we get them up, we feed them, <laughs> we get them to school, we take care of their problems. We are the mothers of the Marine Corps. That vital role, okay, really important. So we've got to make staff, our staff NCOs, and for other branches, they'll call them senior NCOs, very, very comfortable um, of living in this world of mental fitness and to me, the world of mental fitness is different from mental health. Mental health reply applies to, in my world, that small segment of the population that deals with serious mental illnesses. The vast majority of people and the vast majority of the suicide problem inside the DOD is people that don't have mental illnesses, that have gotten their asses kicked, and then we put them into the mental health system, and we medicate them, and we send them to therapy, and you can see it doesn't work. And so if, those, if, so if our mothers are our staff and COs, the older brothers and sisters are the NCOs that live in the bedroom down the hall. And as you make them wiser in this world, as you grow them in this world, 
then you're going to be able to get left to boom. There is no solution without them. There is no solution about them. And so I, I just want to take um, I just want to take a minute to, you know, thank uh, Colonel Pastel at the barracks uh, for uh, for having me out there. Got a chance to meet his new sergeant major and uh, Sergeant Major Dorsey and uh, and just uh, just good people who give a shit and uh, and opened every door for me um, to to do what I do and hopefully that will make a little bit of a difference here. So I hope. So anyway, good morning to you. Welcome to. The, the the long-awaited return of All Marine Radio, and there's a whole bunch of shit to talk about too, right? Um, oh, one of the one more thing, one of the things that uh, that while I was back there, they wanted me to see a funeral, and I said I would love to since I was a kid, like watch that stuff, and I would love to see it, you know, with this organization, right? Get a chance to see behind it. So I said, who's, who's being buried? And they said, uh, General Rollins. Well, let me tell you, I never served under Major General Wayne Rollins, Navy Cross recipient, I think three silver stars or something like that in Vietnam, you know, a couple of bronze stars, I don't know how many Purple Hearts, and just uh, among guys my age, Wayne Rollins, legend. And I knew a lot of people, John Kelly, John Allen, and a number of other people who served under him, and uh, and also ever did. And I, I met him once when I th- I think he was at the basic school for something, and uh, maybe to speak. But um, his funeral was last Friday, and so when they told me, I said I, I'd go to that whether you guys were doing it or not. But you know, t- to see the Marine Corps in particular roll out its splendor. Its ceremonial splendor to honor one of its own is very cool. And and the things I got to see were, you know, Colonel Pastel, the CEO of the barracks, right? He gets Colonel Rollins' bio, the, the write-up for his Navy Cross, and that's part of his preparation of his Marines so that they understand this is who this is, okay? And this is who this family is. And this is what this 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 person did for the nation and so it's really cool to watch that and then but i had friends there general alford who's a friend of mine dale alford he was the um general rawlings major general rawlings what is from georgia and dale is from georgia so dale uh requested and i think dale uh worked under his command um at one point in his career so dale requested to be the officiating officer Commandant's representative at the funeral. So I got a chance to talk to Dale. And then uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to see people I know. Well, John Allen was there. So I got a chance to see General Allen. And John Kelly was there. Got a chance to see him. Phil Smith was there, another guy I worked with at IOC. And so, um, yeah, so it was very cool. F-35 flyover at Arlington, which they told me never happens. Got a chance to see that. And let me tell you, jet engines... That's good stuff, and and especially when now that you're retired, you don't have you can break the position of attention so you can look up. And um, yeah, so very cool. You know the whole case on 
uh, furnished by the old guard at, from Fort Myers and, uh, and all of that. And uh, so you get to learn all the tricks. You get to see, like, so when, and I said, are there any tricks all this? And they said, yeah, one is, like with General Alford, um, when the caisson stops, right, we stand, he's a presiding officer, so we stand adjacent to it. So normally it's in the gutter of a street, but you can't stand too deep in the gutter because all the horses piss piss after they drag the uh, the caisson. So unless you want your shoes soaked by piss, right, you got to learn to stand about 18 inches out of the gutter. And I said, that's important. They said, yeah, it is. Absolutely important. Then the the marching companies, you know, come marching down the street from the chapel at Fort Myers, where, where the service was held, you know, to the gravesite ceremony. And this wild turkey falls in behind the last company. And you're looking at it going, what the hell is that? It's turkey walking down the street behind Bravo Company at Arlington. And somebody looks at me and goes, what's that? I said, I think it's a wild turkey. I said, but I'd, I'd give it some advice. Fucking thing better get in step or somebody's going to turn around and stab it and kill it, right? These guys don't play that game. Obviously, the wild turkey doesn't understand the metronome. So, uh, no, it's just a, especially for 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 me, I'm a retired Marine who grew up watching this stuff and looking at pictures in books, you know, remembering you know, President Kennedy's funeral, which was the first time I ever saw anything like it. I had a chance to attend the funeral of the Vietnam unknown. They later identify it. But when I was at the basic school in 1984, um, they interred the first Vietnam veteran that they found that they could not identify. And then subsequently, subsequently disinterred him because they made a DNA match. But at the time, there was no DNA match. So... Um, it was a it was a military funeral with you know all the honors that you'd saw in President Kennedy's funeral, and I remember going up to uh, D.C. and and going on the Mall, and uh, and and watching that parade with some friends of mine. We were all in our uniforms as lieutenants, and uh, went and watched that. President Reagan did the ceremony at Arlington, and then uh, and again. Do the sightseeing things I love to do. I love to go to the wash the, the Lincoln Memorial in the evening. And I love the number of people that you see there. And I love that they speak every language on the planet. So this experiment in democracy that we so take for granted, people from around the world come to see it. They know the story of Abraham Lincoln, and they gravitate to that. I think it's very cool. And then uh, a friend of mine named Ron Reyes, Reyes who's been here, his father killed at Quezon. I went down and uh, introduced myself to Ron's dad, who's uh, who's on the wall there, and so found his name and introduced myself, and um, said hello. So I again, I um, just an incredible week, and then all the interactions with not only young Marines but older Marines, who are either themselves struggling, have family members struggling. And just the coaching that you do in that realm is just uh, one of the best weeks of doing post-traumatic winning I've ever done. So just, again, uh, to uh, Sergeant Major Dorsey and Colonel Pastel uh, and all the company commanders and all the staff NCOs and NCOs that were a part of everything I did, just uh, a huge thank you. A huge thank you. It was awesome.
So we're going to check the news today. This week, um, there's a video about Forest Design that got uh, released. So we got to talk about that. Um, and uh, it was a General Zinni, General Van Riper uh, are in it. And uh, it's, a, it's a discussion. So, uh, but obviously Russia has kicked off another offensive operation in Ukraine. So we certainly want to discuss that with the Mensa brothers. I also uh, need to get Grant on because all of a sudden this thing in the Solomon, Solomon Islands is a big deal. I, and I just, I don't get it. I don't understand why the United States is so reactive in the Pacific. You know, Grant's been talking about this shit forever. And we cannot figure it the fuck out. So that means somebody's not doing their job. Somebody's not doing their job. And so, but here's my, not a dilemma, but at the end of the week, I'm headed, uh, so, not the end of the week, overnight Thursday, my daughters and I, yeah, the beautiful McNamara sisters, they will, uh, we will take our, uh, we'll fly up to North Dakota and, uh, my friend, the chef, will be buried on Saturday. I think. I'm not sure if he's going to be buried. I don't really know the particulars. But um, his memorial service will be on Saturday. So Colleen, his the goddaughter, um, will uh, and Catherine, uh, his niece, um, will both go up there. And uh, both of them grew up in that town. And, uh, and so we will fly up there. So, um, I will endeavor to get Grant, uh, to, uh, do something this week. So we catch up on the Pacific and, uh, mindful of my neglect over the course of the last week. And then, um, also the Mensa brothers, uh, at least once, maybe twice before the end of the week talking about, obviously we got to catch up on events in Ukraine and, uh, also about force design, and then I talked to Will early this morning, and he was talking about um, an article that he saw about Navy shipbuilding, and uh, so interesting stuff. So good morning to you on this uh, on this Tuesday morning. The United States Marine Corps Band makes this morning official. <laughs>
And this is dedicated uh, very naturally to uh, all the Marines at, uh, and sailors at Marine Barracks, Washington, D.C., the oldest post in the Marine Corps, uh, for their graciousness, the time they spent with me, and uh, the inspiration that they provided me. And so thank you very much. Uh, it was an absolutely awesome week. Um, but if any of you are listening, it is the start of changing an environment that, one, if you want to be a great leader, it starts with being a great human being. And that has everything to do with how you treat people. The next thing is, if you want to change them, start with them as a human being, not with them as a Marine and sailor, right? Better human being, better Marine, better warfighter, more lethal, fill in the blank. So good luck. Don't fuck it up. So this is dedicated to them. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> but I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds to win. You gotta win. All right, time to uh, check the weather and then we'll check some news headlines and then uh, I think you'll hear Grant tomorrow and then the Mensa Brothers on 
Thursday and hopefully Friday. We'll see. The weather currently cloudy and 49 in Quantico. Yeah, I saw my uh, number two grandson on my trip. Yeah. And big news in the McNamara family. Number two son and wife are having number three grandchild. Yeah, so that's exciting stuff. So, uh, yeah, a huge week. So got a chance to uh, see everybody back there. And so very cool. Um, Down the coast at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, sunny and 57 right now. 29 Palms, sunny and 74. That's warm. Oddly enough, it's not going to be warm here on the coast today, but it's warm inland. Uh, Camp Pendleton, partly sunny and 61. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark, cloudy, and 69. Okinawa, dark, cloudy, 67. In Darwin, on the northern coast of Australia, it is... Dark, cloudy, and 81. Currently at the home of All Marine Radio, partly sunny and 62 degrees. Looking for high of... 67 and an overnight low of 58. There's a gale warning in effect. What the hell, man? It's not what I wanted to come back to. Uh, 69 today, 65 tomorrow. On Thursday, I will not be here. It'll be 66. Yeah. That is a look at your weather. Let's take some news headlines. And then uh, I've got a, I've got shit to do, man. I've got a pile. I've got to tunnel through email, and uh, and phone calls and things like that. Um, Stars and Stripes top headline is today. If you haven't seen it, just for the record, there is, and I will put it, this up on uh, on the read board, the link to it. But there is a, um, and I've had I don't know how many people send it to me, but. Uh, there is a uh, a YouTube video of this discussion, and it features General Zinni and General Van Riper. Um, I've yet to watch it. I've only seen the commentary on it. Um, and it's very interesting. One of the funniest things I heard, I heard, I think I already said it though, was these are the gray beards? Uh, Mac, you were right. Right? Underestimate these guys with their knowledge of our service the DOD, and the world, and they'll rip your head off in public. Uh, yes. I told you. What did I tell you? I mean, and, and again, they raised us. They raised us. And uh, somebody told me one of the things General Biden Riper said at the end was, I hope that Marine officers who never participated in a vigorous debate about the future of the Marine Corps learned something from this. Because this thing has not been vigorously debated. So, anyway. Interesting. I will put that on. Top story in Stars and Stripes is Navy destroyers returned to U.S. after European deployment prompted by Russian action. The USS The Sullivans, the USS Michener, returned from January deployments to the U.S. Sixth Fleet on Monday and Saturday, respectively. Um...
interesting story about the Russian cruiser that sank. Images posted to social media on April 18th appear to show the Russian missile cruiser Moskova damaged on fire and leaning after taking on water. Stars and Stripes wasn't able to independently verify the origin of the images early Monday, but a range of military experts said the pictures appear to be legitimate. And the images, the ones I'm looking at, are coming from another ship. I would assume a Russian ship, because only another Russian ship would be that close. Hmm, I'm not sure. The widely shared but unsourced photos appear to be authentic. They show the Russian Black Sea Fleet flagship listing the port. That would be the left-hand side for those of you landlocked people. With fire and smoke coming from the superstructure. The photos and video appear to have been taken from a Russian rescue tugboat after a fire started on the Moskva and its crew abandoned the ship. Ukraine later said, we hit that thing with two missiles. So, that in the news. Top story in the Wall Street Journal today is Ukraine rushes to evacuate civilians in East as Russia's offensive pushes forward. Another article about Mariupol in ruins still looms large for Russia and Ukraine. It's become a symbol now, right, of heroic Ukrainian fighting and also of Russian ineptitude. Another story about how U.S.-Saudi relationships reached the breaking point. So it's going to be very interesting. Again, the guy who's running Saudi Arabia now, he's a nut, right? But that doesn't excuse some of the things the United States has done. And if you are a, um, if you're somebody familiar with the region and all of a sudden you're reading that the United States is somehow or other going to create a treaty, thereby giving Iran a nuclear weapon, And we've seen what American security guarantees mean in the world, right? They mean like shit. And so if the Israelis have it, if the Iranians have it, and the Saudis don't have it, that's a problem. And the United States, right, we all remember, they told Ukraine, hey, you can give up those nuclear weapons, right? Nothing's going to happen to you. We'll protect you. Right. Top story in the New York Times Russia declares a new phase of war as forces clash in the east. Thousands more Russian troops sent in, according to the Pentagon. Russia's thrust, next story, Russia's thrust in eastern Ukraine combines firepower with new caution. And then the next story is the end of U.S. mask mandate for travel is met with elation and dread. So, there you have it. Um, Top story in the Washington Post today is Russia begins battle for Donbass in the east. 
You know, and we, again, just to illustrate, I mean, this is a firm grasp of the obvious, right? Do you have the, the troop to task to take down cities? And we said from the start, they do not. They do not. And if they, if they attempt to do that, then they're going to have a very, very difficult time. Well, I mean, again, I think citing a firm grasp of the obvious, that all is true. A next headline, Russia tries to hold ground in the strategically important southern city of Kyrgyzstan, where they were, uh, you know, initially took it. Kyrgyzstan was the first major city to fall, and then the Ukrainians took it back. Now, it's going to be very, very interesting to watch this this new phase of, of this war because the last phase did not go according to plan. So what are we going to see? More artillery, more... Um, condensed Russian formations? And then how did the Ukrainians armed with NATO munitions and and NATO nations now being more and more United States in the lead, blatant about, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna train them, we're gonna support them. How does that work out? So we're gonna get a front row seat, we're gonna get to watch it. So <clears throat> that in the news. Uh, top story in USNI news is Study on the Navy's waterborne firefighting capability after the Bonhomme Richard loss. I would hate to even read that thing. The Navy just one disaster after the next. And now we're talking about shipbuilding disasters. I mean, I don't. I mean, is firefighting a bridge too far? Might be. But look at look at the ships that have been hit in the Black Sea, from the Black Sea fleet, and saying, "Hey, look, man, if you're talking about near pier, guess one thing you might want to get good at. And guess what that means? You got to be fucking disciplined, man. Oh yeah, we're not that. Hmm. Interesting. Next headline, Russia could bring Marines to Maripol in another amphibious assault. Well, that'll be in- interesting. Uh, top stories in top story in Marine Corps Times today is Marines Marine Colonel's memoir unveils sporty secret of war training. Colonel Don E. Marisek described pre-flight as incredibly difficult and one of the best things that ever happened to him. Uh, Next headline, Navy Marines integrating expeditionary forces into traditional amphibious operation. Interesting article entitled, First to Fight, Is This the End of the Corps as America's 911 Force? And that was written by Phil Athley. So again, the discussion of force design, yada, yada, yada. So, Marine Corps Times, top five stories in the early bird today look like this. Number one, U.S. troops to train Ukrainian forces on howitzers in the coming days. Where is this going to happen? Are we going to bring them here? American troops will train Ukrainian forces in the coming days on how to operate U.S. howitzers as the Pentagon sends 18 of the cannons as part of the latest $800 million in military aid. 
the training, which will occur outside Ukraine, will teach Ukrainian forces how to operate the 155 howitzer. They will then return to the fight and train other Ukrainians to use the American cannons, the official said. The aid package includes 40,000 rounds of artillery ammunition. So, that in the news today. Already, guys. Um, Three USS George Washington sailors have died in the past nine days. It's written by Jeff Zulowitz. Authorities are investigating the deaths of three sailors in the past nine days. All were assigned to the aircraft George Washington. Naval Air Force Atlantic officials did not disclose the names of the deceased on Monday, nor did they explain the causes or circumstances surrounding the deaths. One was found unresponsive. Other sailors were found dead on April 9th and another on April 10th. The deaths of three sailors come as the carrier continues a lengthy and extended refueling and complex overhaul at Newport News shipbuilding that began in 2017. Um, when you have stuff like that going on and there's not a whole lot going on, the ship's undergoing all that stuff, um, idle hands do the work of the devil. I think that's the phrase. So hopefully it's just natural causes. Um, but my experience is that it tends to be substance abuse related because when people get bored, they begin to do stupid things. I hope that's not the case, but. Uh, my experience. Next uh, headline is two-star Air Force general faces judge, not a jury, in sexual assault trial. The court-martial Major General Bill Cooley began Monday at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. The first Air Force general officer to stand trial in military court has opted to persuade a judge of his innocence rather than face a jury of fellow high-ranking officers. On the first day of his court-martial at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio, Major General Bill Cooley pled not guilty to to a three-part charge of kissing and groping women against their will in August of 2018. That in the news. The Navy is deputizing doctors to enforce drug rules even for those seeking mental health help. Perfect. That'll make things better. U.S. Army document details plan to update World War II era ammo plants and their depots. This thing is probably like a bazillion years in the making. Uh, Headlines from Ukraine. Russian offensive in eastern Ukraine has begun, according to Ukrainian President Zelensky. To push back the Russians, Ukrainians hit a village with cluster munitions. Now, long been a subject of great discussion. Ukrainians now are using them. Vladimir Putin honored the brigade that's accused 
of war crimes in the city of Buka in Ukraine. And that is the 64th Motor Rifle Brigade. He conferred upon them the title of guards for defending the motherland and state interests. So Vladimir Putin fighting the information war. The sinking of a Russian warship raises tense questions about the fate of the crew. Hmm. Why wouldn't that be public knowledge? The sinking of the Russian warship Moscow is causing tension back home where families are reporting sailors dead or missing despite a defense ministry claim that the whole crew had been evacuated. Russia confirmed the ship sank, but said it had had been damaged by heavy storms and a fire that caused ammunition on board to detonate. On April 14th, the Russian Defense Ministry said all crew members were evacuated. But several families have now contradicted this claim in Russian media reports and on social media. Social media groups uniting mothers of Russian soldiers deployed in Ukraine are filling up with photos and pleas from parents looking for their missing son. On Monday, at least four families showed pictures of sailors who the families say served on the sunken ship and not been heard of, heard from since the incident. So, yeah. How do you know the Russians are lying? Their lips are moving. Syrian fighters ready to join the next phase of the Ukraine war. So that in the news. Russia-Ukraine air dueling videos of detainee. So they're air, they air dueling videos of detainees seeking a prisoner's file. Another headline, Reuters headline. This is not Ukrainian related. Senior, senior U.S. officials to visit the Solomon Islands amid China's security concerns. I mean, stupid. I don't get it. Here's a blinding flash of the obvious. U.S. military posture needs to change in Europe, according to the Pentagon. Nice. So that is a, uh, let's look at news headlines today. So uh, welcome back to everybody. Thank you for listening. For those of you that are listening live. Uh, For those of you that will hear this on the podcast, um, appreciate your patience. Uh, out doing post-traumatic winning, which doesn't always allow me, depending on the schedule, to um, to do the podcast while I'm traveling. Sometimes it does, sometimes it does not. This past week it did not. So, again, uh, have to be back here for a couple days, and then I, I go to the chef's funeral on Saturday. So the girls and I will leave Thursday, early Thursday morning, and... Uh, Fly to Minneapolis, drive to Grand Forks, North Dakota, about a five and a half hour drive, and then we'll spend a few days with friends and and uh, and remember and celebrate the life of uh, of my friend, the chef, right, who passed away about three weeks ago, and celebrate his life. We should because he celebrated it himself, and he left very specific instructions about he how he should be remembered. So um, I will certainly honor those wishes. And, uh, and I hope, uh, everybody who attends, uh, does the same thing because
As I've said a few times about Ken, we should all be so lucky uh, to, to find what we're truly passionate about doing in our lives, to be able to make that your life's work, um, to be able to touch a lot of people with it, right? Live in the company of, uh, of your spouse and live a great life. And that's what he did. So, um, it's our job to, uh, to celebrate that life and the fact that, that that life touched our life. And then the challenge is, how do we remember him? And if we do that, guess what? He never, he never goes away. So that's what I intend to do. So on this Monday, for those of you that thank you very much for checking in, um, on the program today and, um, We'll do some interesting stuff the rest the rest of this week. So have a great day. Happy Tuesday. No more masks on airplanes, at least for a while. And if I can help you help somebody, um, you know, one, th- one of the lessons that I always learn when I go out and do post-traumatic winning is, you know, how much people are struggling. The, and they're struggling with the, the, the normal ups and downs of life. And if you go through a streak where you have too many downs, it's devastating. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And these meds and this going to therapy doesn't seem to be helping me. And there's a better way. And and I'll tell you what, if you want a place to start, uh, start reading about the prisoners in the Hanoi Hilton. Yeah, read about them. Read about Read about them as a group. That's a place to start as a historical example that you can follow. The next place to start is have a daily basic routine, okay? Have a daily basic routine. Some things that you do for you every day, okay? Have that. Success in life doesn't happen by happenstance. It happens because you make it happen. And if you do not have a have a routine in your day that facilitates the things you have to do for you to be a better version of you, you're fucking it up. So do that shit, man. And if I can help you help somebody, do not hesitate. I'd be more than happy to. So on that note, I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Thank you very much for listening. And and once again, you know, thanks to Sergeant Major Dorsey and, uh, And the commanding officer of Marine Barracks, Washington, D.C., who turns over here pretty quick, um, for rolling out the red carpet for me and, uh, and, and allowing me to do um, what I do. So, um, yeah. So, to Colonel Pastel, thank you very much. On that note, I'm out. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. Hopefully with Grant Newsham.